Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. Stand up for your country. This is one of those broadcasts where a pen and paper will be handy. We're going to give you very important facts. And why do you want facts? Because in your life, you're going to be speaking with people about important things. And if you are armed and dangerous with facts, you will enjoy the conversation a lot more. So by far the worst failure of the Biden administration is the economy. What a mess, all right? Most every American is losing money. Some can afford to lose the money, some can't. It is Joe Biden's fault. It's not Congress, okay? It's not Putin. It's not COVID. It's Biden. But he will never admit that. So today, he tried to save himself by giving a 20-mile minute speech about inflation. We will go over it in a methodical and fair manner, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So uh, Biden was 30 minutes late, as usual, uh, never on time. And the reason is that he's prepping, that he's reading the teleprompter behind the scenes. Uh, They change words for him that he can't say. So it takes longer for him to get it together. Um, Today, As I just said, he spoke for 29 minutes. He took questions, but only on inflation. So no abortion questions, nothing else, just inflation. Um, He has a very tough, persuasive road to go down, all right, because of the facts. So today, gas prices reached an all-time high in the United States of America, $4.37 on average, all-time high. I'm going to give you the stat under Trump in a minute. So this is up the 437, about a 25 cents a quarter compared to a month ago. Just a month, gas goes up 25 cents a gallon. Okay, stock market crazy, insane. All right, so the Dow Jones has decreased 12 percent. Since January 3rd, first trading day of the year, NASDAQ, 27%, a third down. Those are high-tech stocks, things like that. Most Americans have investments in their retirement accounts. So we're all losing money. When you get your statement, you're going to cry. Now, my advice, and I'll say it again, don't panic, don't do anything, ride it out. Now, that advice may be bad. I hope it isn't, but I'm doing the same thing. I'm writing it out. I had stops. I lost a lot of my stocks. That's okay. Okay. But the ones that I have, I'm, I'm holding. I'm not going to panic sell. Now, this is going to be the key issue in November. Everybody knows that. I mean, people are, are crazed now about um, abortion and, and all January 6th. None of that's going to matter because people's lives depend on money. It's not just in the United States. That's all over the world. You have no money. You have no power. You can starve to death. You need money. Biden's taking money away from Americans. Trump added money to Americans. Now, I don't care whether you like Trump or not. I don't care what party you're in. That is true. Here are the facts. So under Trump, Inflation ran 1.4% in the four years. 1.4, that was nothing. 
Biden, 16 months, about 10 percent when you add in everything. So that's an astronomical jump. So today, Biden tried to explain it. Roll the tape. But first, I want us to be crystal clear about the problem. There are two leading causes of inflation we're seeing today. The first cause of inflation is a once-in-a-century pandemic. And this year, we have a second cause, a second cause, Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine. You saw, we saw in March that 60 percent of inflation that month was due to price increases at the pump for gasoline. Oh, Putin did it. Uh -huh. Okay. Before Putin invaded Ukraine, under Biden, gas, price of a gallon of gas had written from $2.93 under Trump, last week of Trump, $2.93 when Trump left, to $3.75, almost a 30% jump before Putin, before. Why? Because Biden attacked the American energy industry and the oil futures market, which sets the price of a barrel oil, spiked right after that. They went, ooh. Americans are going to cut back on their oil production. So that means that the price of oil worldwide is going to go up. That's what happened. Now, Biden doesn't understand that. He doesn't know it. He just reads what they put in front of him. So the facts are, and I'll give them to you again, inflation under Trump, 1.4%, under Biden, 10%. Gasoline, $2.93, Trump left office before Putin $3.75, now $4.37. So even if Putin was responsible, it's a little jump. The big jump came after Biden attacked the fossil fuel industry. Okay, we all have that. There's no dispute on these stats. Now, what's Biden going to do to bring inflation down? We'll take. Americans have two potential paths forward. The first is my plan, a Democratic plan plan put forward by congressional Republicans is a second alternative. Here's how each of us would take, tackle inflation. My plan is to lower employer and lower everyday costs for everyday costs for hardworking Americans and lower the deficit by asking large corporations and the wealthiest Americans to not engage in price gouging and to pay their fair share in taxes. OK, that's going to do nothing. Nothing. That's just foolish. You would flunk your economics class if you wrote that in a paper to your high school or college teacher. Okay, here's my plan. Lower employer, and then that doesn't make any sense, so he goes, and lower everyday costs for everyday costs for hardworking Americans. How? How? Doesn't say. And lower the deficit by asking large corporations and the wealthy Americans not to engage in price gouging. Well, wealthy Americans don't price gouge. They are just wealthy and to pay their fair share in tax. That means Biden wants to raise taxes when we're on the edge of a recession. This is dangerous. This isn't just stupid. This is dangerous. So we're on the edge of a recession now. The only thing keeping us falling over the cliff, as we did under Bush the Younger, you'll remember, 2008, is that most Americans are working 
and earning money. Now, those wages are being eroded by inflation, but they have jobs, mass layoffs, more jobs than workers. The only thing. So now Biden says, I want to raise taxes, fair share, that's the code, on corporations. So what happens when you raise taxes on corporations? They lay off people. Yeah, everybody knows that. Boom, over the cliff. So this guy, Biden, he's dangerous. He's a danger to us, to our welfare. Now, the 80 million Americans who voted for him, most of them, of course, voting against Trump. If you don't know that now, if you can't figure out that you're you voted for a dangerous man, a man who's hurting you and your family, then you're either too dumb to understand anything or you're dishonest. There's no other third way. You're either too stupid to understand what's happening right now in the country economically, or you're dishonest. You think Putin is responsible for inflation and higher gas prices. I mean, I don't know anybody who thinks that. Okay, the last soundbite, and I knew this was gonna happen, I told my staff, this is gonna happen. When it happens, give me the soundbite, roll it. Do you support any restrictions on abortion, or what limits do you believe there should be? As as the because I, don't, I want the story to be about inflation. Right, not responding, okay? Now the question should have been, do you discourage protesters from camping out in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes? That's what the question should have been. Okay? Yes or no? But Biden's not going to answer those questions. But we know what he thinks because he has not discouraged people from camping out in front of the Supreme Justice's homes. All right, under uh, Trump, I'm going to say it again, um, inflation was almost non-existent. The Dow Jones, in the four years Trump was president, increased 51%. Okay, the NASDAQ, 125%. That was under Trump, the Trump economy, which worked for everybody. For the poorest of the poor, it worked. So that is it. There is no other issue in this country right now. That's it. Because when people get hurt, when their families are put in jeopardy because they don't have enough money to exist, they're going into debt. Whoever is in charge gets booted. And this is Biden's fault. All right, on the uh, abortion front, there were some protests last night. As we said yesterday, protesting in front of a Supreme Court justice's home uh, is against the U.S. Penal Code 1507. So uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, should be out in the press conference saying that and saying, please don't do this. And if you do it, then FBI agents will arrest you. But that will never happen under the Biden administration. So um, in Justice Alito's home, about 100 people last night. This is in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, No violence. They're just chanting abort the court. You know, there's no violence. They didn't do that. But Biden and Garland won't call them off, won't say that's not right. Don't do that. You want to protest, protest outside the Washington Monument or wherever you want to do. OK, but don't go to a private residence and do it. That's wrong. Now, that's not hard to say. OK, um, U.S. Marshals, people don't understand the marshals are the protective agency. 
the FBI are the arresting agency. So if you violate federal law, which is what this is, these abortion protests in front of the judges' homes, that's the FBI. It's not local police. Now, local police can detain, but that's a federal law. Do we all get this? So Garland hasn't even, as far as I know, alerted the FBI to any of this. We don't see them, and no arrests have been made. Chicago. So Mayor Lightfoot is uh, saying to people around the Chicago area, they call it Chicago land, to come to Chicago for abortions. So Mayor Lightfoot uh, knows a lot about death since more than 4,000 people in Chicago have been murdered since 2016. 4,000 murdered in the streets. So Mayor knows a lot about death. You may, may be an expert in death. Okay, here's what she said. Yeah. If you look around Chicago, we've got a number of states that have the so-called trigger laws that would ban abortion upon the reversal row. So we've seen a substantial increase already, and we're expecting, frankly, um, an explosion of new cases from women in Wisconsin, Missouri, uh, uh, potentially Michigan, sure. Indiana. None of those states are going to ban abortion. So, I mean, she's just not telling the truth. And by the way, uh, let me just go back to Biden for a minute. I mean, Lightfoot doesn't care about the truth. Biden believes what he says. You you know, I mean, people go, oh, Biden's lying, 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 lying. If you look at it lying, you have to know it's not true and say it. Now, it's not an excuse for Biden. I'm not making an excuse. But he believes what he he said today about, you know, we're going to bring prices down by raising taxes and telling companies not to gouge. He believes it. He believes Putin caused inflation. He, Joe Biden, believes it. But that's frightening because he lives in a world of delusion. The leader of the United States is delusional. Okay. George Floyd protests. This is interesting. You know, we have a lot of protests now about Roe v. Wade. Okay. Well, you go back to May 25th, 2020, not that long ago, two years ago. Okay, and you had riots all over the United States objecting to the demise of George Floyd. In fact, 13,600 people were arrested in those coast to coast riots. 13,600. Well, what happened to those people? An organization called the Prosecution Project, all right, follows this. And this is based in George Mason University in Virginia. Okay, now I think the project's in D.C. So out of the 13,600 arrested, charged possible trial, 11. Charged no trial, that means dismissal, 45. Guilty plea on a part of the rioters, 109. Found nine guilty, 55 total cases in the system. Again, out of 13,600, 1,482, around 10%. Now, the people that were arrested, by and large, are the bad, bad, bad people, not the people who didn't throw bricks at the cops or set fires. These are the worst, the worst, all right? The 13,600 that they actually arrested and booked and took in because the cop has to write a report. 
to justify taking the person down and giving it to the district attorney. He's got to write the report. He's not going to say, well, I, I saw some guy who just had a sign. I arrested him. No. So less than 10% of the worst were adjudicated. Is that amazing? Okay. Town by town. Portland, Oregon, arrested 1,100, prosecuted 165. Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, more than 3,000, all right, arrested, prosecuted about 2,000. That's not a bad record. New York City, 5,000 arrested. The city will not say how many were prosecuted. However, in Manhattan, the DA dropped 64% of the cases, and in Brooklyn, 83% of the serious cases were dismissed. San Francisco, 127 protesters arrested in the George Floyd riots, zero prosecuted, no one. Houston, 796 arrested, 194 prosecuted. LA, more than 3,000 arrested, 210 prosecuted, about 5%. Minneapolis, 800 arrested, 95% dismissed. How about that? Is that justice? Joining us now from Washington, D.C., Julio Rosas. He is the author of a new book, which I've read and I recommend, called Fiery But Mostly Peaceful. That's a kind of sarcastic title. The 2020 Riots and the Gaslighting of America. It uh, came out May 3rd, the same time Killing the Killers came out. And I hope you buy both books. All right, uh, Julio, I gave the stats to the folks. You don't quibble with any of those stats, do you? No, no, I certainly do not. Okay. So on, based on your eyewitness reporting, because you were in these riots, many of them, what were the worst situations that you saw? Well, probably the worst place was Minneapolis was at the, at the start of everything because just the country was just really unprepared because, you know, before everything was centered around COVID and the emergency response to that. So Minneapolis, in terms of scale, in terms of people who participate in the riots, in, in my opinion, was, was that I personally covered, it, it, it was the worst. I mean, yeah, we, we have these stats about people who, who, who were arrested. And don't get me wrong, obviously a lot of people were, but uh, I can just tell you that it doesn't really reflect uh, just really how how many people were partaking in this. I mean, just looting, vandalism, uh, even worse, you know, destruction, uh, probably setting things on fire. I mean, we're, we're talking about thousands of people in just in just one city, like like Minneapolis. And in, in that case, it's technically like two cities with, with, <laughs> with St. Paul being right next door, which also experienced some pretty extensive damage as well. So um, it, it's, it, it's a pretty damning indictment on our justice system and and you have to also think about kind of how uh what we're seeing today right i mean the now, part of the reason well, why wait, we're wait, seeing wait, this crime let's, let's stay let's stay with minneapolis for a minute did the police in minneapolis when you were there and watching did they do their job or did they stand down uh, they 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 tried uh to the best of their ability but in and when i got onto the ground on that first thursday outside the third precinct which was the night when they were ordered to evacuate and it was eventually set on fire but but prior to that they they didn't have the manpower to stop uh, just the lawlessness that was happening i mean right across the street uh at, there was a whole uh, uh you know stores and businesses like a target and a grocery store along with several other ones 
uh, that were just being looted uh, th throughout the entire day. And the police and you say the cops because... didn't have enough people to stop it. I'm not I'm not sure about that. I don't know if they wanted they, to they were they were primarily they were primarily focused on protecting the third precinct because uh, yeah because they the, were store and they and they yeah. burned down that precinct they they failed in protecting it that precinct was burned to the ground so I think I see it a little bit differently than you do and remember you have more credibility than I have because you were there and I was not there but I don't think that the mayors of these towns wanted a strict enforcement of the anti-rioting laws. I don't, and I think that message was, the cops picked that message up. Now you were also in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where uh, the infamous uh, Rittenhouse case took, uh, that's where that was. What did you see there? So with specifically the Rittenhouse case, I mean, well, first off, I mean, the, the context is that this happened in a riot. I mean, mainstream media has just been consistently labeled the Rittenhouse shootings taking place during a protest, which is not the case at all. I mean, they, the rioters were attacking the county courthouse for a third night in the row. Uh, they, they were attacking the National Guardsmen. It wasn't just police anymore. They were attacking National Guardsmen. And so uh, naturally, in response to that, the law enforcement pushed them away from the courthouse. The problem is, and again, this kind of goes back to manpower, uh, they, they pushed the rioters away from the courthouse towards the people who were protecting uh, private property from further damage because uh, in the previous days, when they couldn't get close to the courthouse, they then decided to destroy other things that were unprotected. And so with the Rittenhouse case specifically, it's just, I mean, it just creates, when you have this power vacuum that's created uh, in these, you know, very chaotic uh, incidents, you're going to get examples like, like how Rittenhouse. Okay. So um, I think it's safe to say that there was very little planning, that the police were not supported by... Uh, the politicians, by and large, certainly in New York City here, the politicians didn't want to prosecute any of the looters, any of the people who hurt police officers and civilians. Cy Vance was the attorney general, uh, was the district attorney, I should say, in New York City. He had no interest in prosecuting anyone. And San Francisco, L.A., Chicago was the same way. Then you write a little bit about the capital situation where uh, there was a much more robust response to those who violated the Capitol, broke in and created mayhem there, correct? Yes. And, 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 that's, and that's kind of what makes January 6th so frustrating, having covered you know, both the 2020 riots and January 6th, is that, um, you know, again, that, that, was, that was a riot and, and people did do bad things. But when you look at kind of how hard the hammer came down on people who didn't even who didn't even, who weren't even accused of rioting or, or being violent, they still, they still got the book thrown at them pretty hard. When And then you contrast that to like the Portland federal courthouse and the month long siege that took place. I mean, there were people who were, uh, who were accused of attacking police officers and they had their cases dismissed. And so really when it comes to, you know, you know, violence begets violence and, and it, we're, it just creates this cycle that, that, that we're kind of in right now, and that's why there's concern with uh, leftist reaction if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Uh, they, you know, there's going to probably, you know, there's, there's a good chance that they can go back to their previous playbook because they were able to get away with so much for so long. Possible. I'm hoping not. We're not seeing that level of violence as we saw with the Floyd situation. There is a difference, though, um, in Minneapolis and Kenosha, Wisconsin, and New York City and San Francisco. These are local crimes. All right, so they're adjudicated on the local level. In the Capitol, that is a federal crime. And it's much more serious to violate federal law than state law. It, it, 
sounds hollow because if you kill a person in a state or you kill a federal official, they're both dead. But the federal apparatus is, is much tougher than the state apparatus, particularly in a liberal place like Portland, Oregon, which doesn't really care about enforcing the law. Did you factor that into your analysis of January 6th vis-a-vis George Floyd? You know, absolutely. And, and as I say in the book, like, it's not surprising that, uh, that the uh, that people who did break into the Capitol had, had the hammer kind of brought down on them. Uh, but, but the issue is, is that when, when we're talking about whether or not, uh, you know, like what is justice and, and what is just, well, you would think that the DOJ would, would look at, uh, especially again, and that's why I point to the federal courthouse in Portland because that, that, that was federal property. And yeah, granted, a federal courthouse is not on the same level in terms of significance as, as the Capitol building. But when we're, when we're talking about consequences, you know, in my opinion, anybody, you know, it doesn't matter what their cause is or, you know, what, 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 their, what their side is. But when you go out and commit criminal acts, especially to people who had nothing to do with whatever outrage was being caused, uh, you know, they should, they, should be held, they should be held accountable to, to that fact. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can personally attest to that a friend of mine who was a freelance photographer, uh, he got swept up and the FBI is going after him, even though he didn't uh, commit any crimes at all. Uh, and so it's and he just, was there's, in there's, he was in the Capitol building taking pictures, I assume. No, no, he was outside. He never went inside. So he was outside. And the FBI arrested him outside. Uh, it, it was you no. Know, this was months after the fact. Okay, you got caught up on surveillance, I'm sure. All right, Julio. The book is fiery, but mostly peaceful. And uh, if you want to know what the inside stuff is on the George Floyd riots, that is the book. We appreciate your time very much. So there is a, a lawsuit uh, filed by the state of Florida. Attorney General Ashley Moody has sued the Biden administration. Didn't get a lot of publicity. Um, and basically the lawsuit is that the Biden administration is allowing the release of illegal migrants into the United States. And that's a violation of federal law. OK, so the Biden administration uh, file for dismissal of the lawsuit. And yesterday, Judge Kent Wetherill II, appointed by Trump, denied it. And here's what the judge said. Put it up on the screen. Quote, clearly and unambiguously, the laws state that aliens arriving at the border shall be detained, not that they may be detained, and that the cited provisions of 1225 expressly require aliens to be detained until removal proceedings have concluded, and that does not authorize defendants to circumvent the mandatory detention requirement as it is allegedly doing through the challenge policies. So that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the Biden administration says, we don't really care that the federal law at the border says you have to detain until the asylum claim or whatever is ruled on. We don't, we don't care. We're going to bust them or fly them into wherever they want to go in the United States. Direct violation of the law. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because if this lawsuit is successful by the state of Florida, which it may be, that's grounds for impeachment on Joe Biden. Just this. You know, just keep your eye on it. Nobody else reporting it. No spin news is unique. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Okay, Penske truck leasing. So you want to move and you want to pay a big mover to come in, you throw all your gear in Penske. So Penske has listed the top cities where Americans are moving to based upon the rental data. Top city, number one, Houston. I'm surprised. You know, Houston, you got some problems down there. It's a little hot and humid. Nice town. I uh, was there in December. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Vegas. Yeah, a lot of opportunity in Vegas. Phoenix. Sunbelt down there. Charlotte, North Carolina. Hot, hot, hot town. Not climate-wise. It's a little warm in the summer, but Charlotte real estate market's smoke. Denver, San Antonio, Dallas. So people want to go to Texas, obviously. Orlando, Florida, Austin, Texas, third Texas city. Chicago, surprise. Must be the suburbs of Chicago. I mean, I don't think people are clamoring to go downtown, all those social problems. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. And here is a study from the University of Bath in England. Okay. So I've been to Bath. And the reason to go to Bath is you got Roman ruins there. Okay. The Romans... A big encampment in Bath. Nice town. It's um, west of London. Anyway, the university studied 154 people between the ages of 18 and 72 who use social media a lot daily. Okay? And the conclusion was if you don't go on social media for a week, one week, then everything in your life gets better. Okay, so you have an improved mood, less anxiety, bigger appetite, I guess, and no depression, and it's better. So if you're a big social media user and you go cold turkey for a week and don't use it, everything in your life goes up. Isn't that interesting? Okay, this day in history, May 10, 1773, the T Act. Now, you're saying, O'Reilly, why are you boring me with the T Act of 1773? Because your freedom that you have right now stems directly to the T Act. Okay, you wouldn't have the freedom you have now without it. So this was another foolish thing by King George, who ruled the colonies. So King George gave the British East India Company 
a monopoly on tea. Everybody drank tea because it was cheap. No coffee wasn't big back then. No Starbucks in Massachusetts Bay Colony. Tea. And it was cheap and everybody drank it, both in England and in the colonies. So now one company has control of all the tea, means they raise the prices. It's a monopoly. Matter King, I'm sure, got a big kickback from the uh, British East India Company, which is why he did it. Money, always money. Anyway, the colonists didn't like this at all. They had to pay more money for tea. The price on tea went up and the tax on it. So the Boston Tea Party happened. I'm not going to go into that. If you don't know that, I, don't, I can't help you. But the colonists dressed up like Native Americans. They went into Boston Harbor. They dumped half. What, what was the thing I used on radio? I, the stat is unbelievable. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's money worth of tea. Three ships. Boom. All the tea ruined. Oh, King didn't like that at all. So he passed all kinds of other taxes. And then the Sons of Liberty, which were the ones who did the Boston Tea Party, started organizing the rebellion. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, here's something you don't know. Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, back in 1773, condemned the Boston Tea Party. Franklin thought it was boorish. He didn't like the Sons of Liberty anyway. He thought they were way too crude. And Washington, I'm not really sure why he criticized the Boston Tea Party. He wised up about two years later, but Franklin and Washington were not on board with the Boston Tea Party. See how much you learn here watching us? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We have a final thought about uh, social media and you, and you and social media. And we're coming back with mail in a moment. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, let's go to the mail. Wayne Concierge, remember, and I hope you all will check out BillOReilly.com premium and concierge membership for Father's Day and for yourself. So Wayne has direct access to me, but he posted this on the message board. If we are no longer a noble nation, it is because we lack noble leaders. Some truth to that, Wayne. But it also, the nobility of our nation has been corrupted by the corporate media. I can't tell you how that powerful media has changed everything in this country. And I saw it firsthand. Larry, I want every protester who evaded a Supreme Court justice's property, who invaded and violated the federal law, to be arrested and jailed in the same prison as the January 6th illegal assailants. It's not the same. It's just not. The capital intrusion so far is a lot worse than these people holding signs outside Alito's house. You got you got to keep the crime in perspective. Now, if somebody were to break into Alito's house or throw something or burn, yes, then it'd be the same, but not yet. George, concierge member, since protesting outside a judge's home is clearly a crime, who has ordered the police to stand down and do nothing while the networks go nuts. Again, it's not a local police situation. They are there to keep order, and I assume the police in Alexandria, Virginia, are keeping order as best they can. And I guess they could detain and wait for the FBI to come and arrest, but they're never going to do that. They're just not going to do it. It's the way age we live in, the country we live in. Jack Oaks, Hillsboro, North Carolina, I fear... The abortion issue has long legs and will influence the November election by creating a rally cry for Democrats. Okay, Jack, I disagree with you. I think it's all about the economy, but you may be right. We'll see. Barbara Williams, Lake Oswego, Oregon. Why are Democrat candidates for the primary saying they will fight the Republicans wanting to end Social Security? Because this is more propaganda. So um, Senator Scott from Florida proposed a law which will never pass. In a million years, Republicans aren't backing it that every five years, all the entitlements, including Social Security, be looked at, reevaluated. That's one guy, Senator Scott from Florida. McConnell just said, no way we're doing it. That's not going to happen. But the Democrats, they don't care about any of that. It's just propaganda. Boom. Oh, take away the Social Security. Paul Bailey, Kiaha, Hawaii. Why do you see a viable candidate? Who do you see? Why can't I read today? Who do you see as a viable candidate for president besides Trump in 2024? Well, obviously, DeSantis in Florida would be the front runner. All the polls show that. That's not a genius analysis. I think Senator Tim Scott in South Carolina would be viable. I think there are a number of Republican governors who would give it a go if Trump doesn't. But if Trump wants to run, I don't think anybody, including DeSantis, is going to primary him. Dale Benzine, Alpharetta, Georgia. At one point, do you see the U.S. people saying enough to the financial support of Ukraine? Mm, I don't think so. I think most Americans want Putin to get his butt kicked. And if we can help, we'll help. Tim Ferrante, Keyport, New Jersey. Mr. O'Reilly killing killers is a riveting read and a stunning achievement. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Please tell us your writing process with Martin Dugard. Dugard does the research. All right. We, we, it takes us about a year to write a killing book. So I outline a book. I pick the title. I pick the subject. 
I outline a book, I give it to Marty, I say we need to know XYZ, XYZ, we go chapter by chapter, his research comes into me in narrative form, I shape it into the stories that you see, and that's how it goes. Very disciplined operation, Killing the Kill is 11th book, most successful nonfiction book series of all time, and we hope you check out Killing the Kill you will like the book, and it's an important book. Okay, at 9 p.m. this evening, 9 p.m. Some of you are listening to me on the radio at 9 p.m. I understand that. Um, but if you are a premium member and a concierge member to BillOReilly.com, we have an exclusive town hall for you. 9 Eastern Time tonight. I will answer questions about killing the killers and anything else. We got a whole bunch of great questions already, really good questions. And we'll have fun. It's a fun town hall meeting tonight, 9 Eastern time. Word of the day, do not be sardonic when writing to me. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name it down if you wish to opine. Back with the final thought about you and social media in a moment. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So final thought of the day, I get thousands of letters from all over the world, and I read as many as I can, which is, I'd say, 50%. You know, my, we, when they come in, we have screeners, so if you're cursing at me or something like that, it just gets thrown away. But the good, intelligent letters get to me, all of them. But what I'm seeing is a lot of conspiracy stuff, okay? And it's starting to bother me. So Dan who lives in the villages in Florida, villages of big O'Reilly territory. He writes me, put the, on, and let me read you this letter. Bill, do you think that it's possible the Mexican cartels are paying the Democratic Party in return for the Biden administration keeping the southern border open? No, <laughs> that's impossible. That would never happen. That's crazy conspiracy that a criminal enterprise that sells narcotics would pay one of the two major political parties in America to keep the border open. So I know this stuff floats around on the internet all the time. These conspiracy things, I get them at least five to 10 a day. The most insane. Now, I'm not mocking Dan. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't do that, but think about it. How crazy that is. Now, these websites, they don't care how crazy. All they want is clicks. So they're going to put up all these misleading headlines. I see it every day in my research. 
They mislead you so that you click in and they can tell the advertiser, we have this many people. But it, it's a lie. And once you see something that that's outlandish, don't go to that place anymore. You know, life's too short for that. There are honest websites like BillOReilly.com. It's honest. We never do that. Everything has to be backed up. By facts, we don't do conspiracies here. You know, I wrote Killing Kennedy. The biggest conspiracy in modern times was that everybody shot JFK, except Oswald. And I debunked every one of them with FBI documents, with local police documents, document, 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 document. All that Kennedy conspiracy stuff was just bull. Okay? That's the biggest. But every day I see conspiracies. Don't get caught up in that. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.